Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So today is the um, second Sunday of Lent, and uh, all throughout this season, uh, we're talking about practices that are worth keeping. Uh, It's kind of in line with our annual theme. Our 2024 theme is all about developing a faith and reimagining a faith and a spirituality that's worth keeping and clinging to and holding on to. And so during Lent, we're talking about some specific practices that we think are worth keeping, some practices that could help us uh, keep our faith faith that can be hard to hold on to and cling to. Um, And uh, Lent is this 40-day season leading up to Easter uh, that's all about introspection and connection with God. And so we're talking about these practices that we think really help with that. And I do just want to acknowledge that when we say that there are some practices worth keeping, we are implying that there are some practices that are not worth keeping anymore, and that's okay. Like, uh, there's probably some things you learned in your youth group that, like, you don't have to do them anymore. <laughs> like, it's you're, it's good. Like, if you have an accountability partner that um, holds, like, a lot of power over you in a weird high school kind of way, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you're free from that. Uh, so just, like, take that as your good news today. Uh, but we're, we are talking about some practices that we want to keep, and today we're going to talk about the practice of prayer. Because the Bible is full of prayer, and Jesus is really into prayer and talks a lot about prayer. And, um, you know, the Apostle Paul says to pray without ceasing, uh, which most of us, you know, don't do. That's the the headline. Uh, You know, the disciples are confused about prayer. They ask Jesus, how do we pray? And Jesus gives this kind of example of a prayer. Uh, The Psalms are an entire book of prayers, right? The Bible is just, it's a prayer book in a lot of ways. Um, But, and kind of in spite of all of that, uh, most of us, most of the time, really struggle to pray with consistency and with confidence uh, and with any kind of comfort. Right? Pr- prayer is just hard. So maybe we could start like we do a lot of times with some vulnerability today. Like maybe you'd be willing to raise your hand if you struggle feeling confident or comfortable praying. Or if you wonder if it really matters. Or if maybe you feel bad because you pray and then you didn't like it. Or you're like, I don't pray enough. You know, it just can be uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't really raise my hand, so then you guys raised your hands less, and that's okay. I'm just kind of figuring it out together today, okay? Uh, I really relate to how the comedian and uh, I, w- I called him a thinker, uh, Pete Holmes. He's just a comedian. I don't know why I tried to make him fancier than that. Uh, he's a thinker. Uh, Pete Holmes talks about prayer. He has a book that I really like, and a lot of it is about prayer. Uh, but he says that for most of his life, Uh, trying to pray felt like going to a museum, and he hated going to museums. Uh, He says in his book, whenever someone asked me if I wanted to go to the museum, I would have to pretend to be all excited, when in fact I only cared that people thought I was the kind of guy who goes to museums. At museums, I wasn't looking at a painting to appreciate it. I was staring at it, trying to figure out how long was appropriate to look at it. So that when I walked away, the other people in the room weren't like, well, that guy didn't get it at all. I did not care about the art. I certainly wasn't feeling anything. I was just completing a mental checklist. And he said this is how it was for prayer for him most of his life. He didn't enjoy praying. He just wanted other people and God to think of him as the kind of person who enjoyed prayer. 
And um, he wasn't feeling anything, and he wasn't enjoying it. He was just kind of in his head, completing a mental checklist, like, has it been long enough? Is this the appropriate thing to do? Are my hands right? Uh, is God even here? Because I didn't say, uh, dear gracious and heavenly Father, at the beginning of this, and that seems like the summoning opening line to get God's attention. Uh, so is any of this even working? And this kind of high anxiety, uncomfortable way that so many of us experience prayer uh, is not the way that Jesus talks about prayer, at least in the New Testament. Right? Jesus gives this extended teaching on prayer uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew 5 through 7. Right? In Matthew 6, Jesus says, uh, don't pray like the hypocrites out in public with loud, fancy words. It's good advice. And some of us are like, well, I'm not being hypocritical about it. And then, uh, you know, the disciples say, well, then how should we pray? And Jesus gives this kind of example prayer, the Lord's Prayer that most of us know. We'll say it together at the end of our time today. Our Father in heaven. That's it. You don't have to keep going. But uh, you prove that you know it. So I'm proud of you for that. Uh, and then Jesus continues his teaching in chapter 7. And Jesus really famously says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Also, shout out to Katie running my slides on the front row with the iPad. Thank you very much. This is what Jesus says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's kind of a lot about prayer. Uh, and for me, I know uh, that it's really easy to read this and think of it like Jesus saying, uh, you, you can just get whatever you want if you pray correctly. You, you'll get exactly what you want if you ask God for it. Or conversely, you might read something like this and think, I guess I'm not doing it right because there was some stuff I wanted and I did ask God for it. And it did not go like I thought it was going to go. I asked, and I did not receive like I wanted to. I knocked, and the door did not open right on time. <laughs> and so it's easy to either think of it as, A, we're just going to get whatever we want, or B, I'm doing it wrong. But for me, this passage actually helps me lower my religious anxiety. And maybe that's all you need to hear from me today, that you don't need to feel anxious about this. You know, that's a lot about what we talk about here. You don't have to be anxious about all of this. But this passage helps me lower my religious anxiety. It helps me lower my insecurity about prayer. Right? Instead of uh, prayer being like, uh, you know, a, a genie in a bottle or a treasure map to some sort of happiness or contentment, this passage inspires me to think of prayer with this one word, already. Like when you knock, maybe the door is already open. And not just when you knock on the right door. Maybe all the doors are where God is. Maybe any door you knock on is where God is. Maybe God stands in the threshold of every door. And when you seek, wherever you're seeking, God is already there. Not if you seek in the right way at the right time with your 15-minute Beth Moore devotional Bible study first thing in the morning, which is a fine way to seek. But however you're seeking God, maybe God stands at the end of every pathway already. And when you are asking God, maybe God is 
already giving you things. Maybe your whole life is a gift. Maybe all of life is grace from God. Not if I ask in the right way, I will summon God. Not if I do the right things in just the right way, God will uh, gift me all the blessings I deserve because of my correct formula. Maybe all of this is a gift from God because God is already present and already giving and already at the end of every path where I'm seeking. It's easy to think of prayer like we're summoning God, like if we say, dear gracious and heavenly father, then God will look up from whatever God is doing in that moment. But that's not the story. God is already with us. And there isn't a correct formula to prayer where if we do it just right in just the right way, then we'll get what we want. God is already here, already given. Prayer is an experience of that alreadiness. So when you go to pray, when you go to seek and to knock and to ask, and you have that little voice in your head wondering if you're doing it right, wondering uh, if it matters at all, remind yourself that God is already there and God is already giving. Prayer, I think, should be an awakening to God's eternal presence. That, That when we pray, we don't wake God up. We wake ourselves up. That when we pray, we're not saying, God, pretty, 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 please give me everything I need. We open our own hands to receive what's already being given. We are awakened to God's presence and God's grace. And so keep seeking because I'm telling you, I believe that you'll find that God is already there wherever you are seeking. Keep knocking all of the doors. God stands in the threshold of every door. And I like this idea a lot. I'm into these kinds of ideas. This is an idea rooted in Christian mysticism. And if you want to Google that later, you can. I'm not going to get all the way into it today. But I like these kinds of ideas. But if your brain works like mine, and I'm just assuming that some of you are thinking something like, that sounds like a nice idea. But like, what do I say when I pray? (laughs) Like, cool idea that God's not mad at me, but like, how do I do it? (laughs) How do I do it? Which is uh, exactly what the disciples are asking Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. That Jesus, he gives all this uh, teaching on prayer, and then they say, but how should we pray exactly? And so let me give you a little bit of uh, pastoral encouragement today. Uh, You know, don't forget that God's already present and already given giving to you, and we're just waking up to everything. We're just opening our hands to what's already being given to us. But let me give you a little bit of advice. Here here is my pastoral advice today. When you try to pray this week, do less. That's my official pastoral advice. Just do less. I I have prayed my fair share of rambling prayers with like outdated fancy Victorian words, because I thought that's how you were supposed to pray. I grew up a pastor's kid, so I got asked to pray at everything. I prayed at every see you at the poll. I was so good at see you at the poll. Did you guys do see you at the poll? Yeah, I was so good at see you at the poll. I crushed see you at the poll. (laughs) If you've never been to a see you at the poll, uh, I'm so happy for you. You circle a flagpole at your school, and you're like, Thank you for America. I don't even remember what we were doing. I don't know. It was really weird. 
but there were donuts, and I was really good at praying at CU at the ball. I wasn't on any pain medicine when I wrote any of this sermon. None of that was in my notes. I just want to make, like, an official statement. <laughs> but, but I have done my fair share of, like, attempted fancy prayers. But those were performances, both for all the middle school girls that see you at the pole and for God. Like, I, I was performing. I thought I was supposed to perform a certain way. And maybe you've done that kind of prayer before, where someone calls on you to pray, and you're like, uh, okay. And you pull out all of the fancy words. The, the 6th century Christian monk, uh, John uh, Climacus, says this about prayer. Do not be over-sophisticated in the words you use when praying, because the simple lisping of children has often won the heart of their heavenly Father. And do not try to be verbose when you pray, lest your mind be distracted and searching for words. One word of the tax collector was enough to please God, and one cry of faith saved the thief. Verbosity in prayer often distracts the mind, whereas brevity makes for concentration. One word was enough. So if you want to pray this week, just do less and maybe choose one word. Like you could just pray this week, help. That would be a really good prayer. God, help. Over and over again, help. You don't have to say uh, any of the fancy words. Maybe you grew up in an environment where whoever got up to pray just used the word just a lot. Just God, just be with us, just whatever. God, just, just God. You don't have to do that. that that's what got you guys? Wow, that's good. Okay. You guys didn't care about seeing the poll, but all the just. Um, God doesn't need that. Why do we do that? We're so anxious and insecure that we feel like someone needs that. And maybe just for ourselves, so we get through with it and we're like, cry crush to you at the pole. Just use one word. One word was enough. Just pray help or please or why. Just one word is enough. Just do less. And maybe you don't even have to say anything. Henry Nouwen says this about prayer. It's my favorite quote about prayer. The real work of prayer is to be silent and listen to the voice that says good things about you. You can say one word or you can say nothing at all. Just do less. Rest in some silence long enough to hear some good things about yourself. And just in case you need to hear it today, if when you quiet your mind and you quiet your body, you start to hear a voice of shame or condemnation or judgment, that is not the voice of God. When you quiet yourself, you should try to do everything you can to rest in belovedness. That's the voice of God. If you hear shame or condemnation or judgment, that is not God. I want you to pray this week. I want us to be a praying church. I want to be awakened to the already presence of God, not performing, not having to impress God, just resting in our own belovedness. I want you to pray this week, but just know, be reminded, that when you're silent, that's prayer too. When you come to church and you're here, but you're not really here, but you're trying, that's prayer too. And when you finally get a deep breath after moments or hours or days of what feels like panic inside your body, that deep breath is prayer too. And when you laugh, like really laugh, like full of joy, totally present laughter, 
that is prayer too. And when you cry, like really cry, like you're past caring what you look or sound like, cry, that is prayer too. It's all prayer because God is already here. Yeah. <laughs> Rodeo week. It's all prayer because God is already comforting. God is already giving. God already stands in the threshold of every door you knock on. God is already meeting you on every path that you are seeking. And God is already given, giving you every good gift you have received. It's all grace. So keep knocking and keep seeking and keep asking. God is already with you. So for you, what is your relationship with prayer? You know, I had you raise your hand earlier, but what's your relationship with prayer? Maybe you feel anxious, insecure. Maybe you're just indifferent. You're like, I don't do it. Don't miss it and don't feel bad about it. That's okay. But what's your relationship with prayer? And would you be willing to try a one word prayer this week? Maybe that's your practice this week to try to figure out what your one word is. Maybe it's help or please or thank you. I like yes as a prayer. Yes. Yes. But I wonder what your one word would be and if you'd be willing to do that. Or, or maybe you might be willing to sit in some silence, like for, for 60 seconds. You, know, that's all. you don't have to do uh, 15 minutes. Just try 60 seconds. Some people say they do this in the car. Don't do it in the car. <laughs> but just try for one or two minutes. I, I've heard it said that prayer is an opportunity to look infinite love in the eye. And it doesn't take a lot of direct eye contact to really connect with someone. So just try for 60 seconds or two minutes. Just try. And what would it look like for you to trust God's already presence? That God's already with you and already giving. What would it look like to trust that? You know, we expend a lot of our religious energy on being right. Am I doing it right? Do I feel right about this? So maybe this week, a way to trust that God's already with you, already giving. Maybe this week would just look like reminding yourself um, that God doesn't need anything from you when you pray. R reminding yourself that there's no performance necessary, that, that God is neither uh, impressed or disappointed in your prayers. Maybe just releasing some of that religious anxiety would be a way to trust God's already presence. Right, prayer is a practice worth keeping, but pray with the good news that God is already present and already giving. Uh, a few years ago, I sat with a, a dad in a hospital waiting room, and I, I've, I've spent a decent amount of time at the hospital with folks, but this was a little bit different. I had gone up to the hospital at about 4 a.m. Uh, I couldn't sleep. The, the evening before um, this dad had found out that his teenage son wasn't going to make it through the next day. And so uh, we sat together in the waiting room, both just kind of waiting and preparing for what the day would be. And we talked a lot about uh, the, all the different people that would come through that day, that would come to the waiting room, that would come to check on his family, that would bring things for him. It was, you know, quiet at 4 a.m., but we just knew there was a lot coming. We knew that there would be a crowd uh, that day. That there would be, you know, Shipley's and hugs and tears and silence. It would be all the things. It would be busy. And um, I'll never forget this sweet man turning to me 
uh, before anyone got there, just me and him. And he said, uh, Josh, make sure that everyone knows not to be nervous to speak to me. Tell them that they can't say the wrong thing. Nothing will offend me or surprise me. Just make sure they know I'm really glad they're here. And I have thought so many times about those profound words of love and generosity. And I just, I can't help but think that this is how God must feel about us. That we have so much anxiety about saying the wrong thing, about saying the right thing, about approaching in the right way with the right posture. But we can't do it wrong. We can't mess it up. We don't have to be right. We just need to be with. God is just really glad we're here, knocking on any door, seeking down any path, asking for anything at all. God is just glad we're here. And so gather, this is my prayer for us today. Wherever you are right now, wherever you are, however you are, God is there too. In the threshold of every door, at the end of every path, giving every good gift, God is here. As you breathe in and out, breath filling your lungs, your heart beating, right where you are, this is prayer too. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.